up completely human. And sometimes you've just got to get the motor running. Like, we're just like um, a cars. I don't know if you're old enough to remember when cars used to have to warm up. We don't have to do that these days. Cars had to warm up. If you didn't warm a car up, you weren't getting very far. And I know that sometimes, man, you come in with all the weight of the world, but I hope the worship that we bring in the morning just helps take away the point of us and centers it all on him. That's the whole reason why we spend 45 minutes praising God. Because I'm trying to convince you, it's not about you. It's about him. Gosh, it's not even, your problems aren't even what we're trying to figure out today. It's about the Lord. You know, I could, you know, me and um, uh, 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 Minister Flag always kind of have this joke between us. He say, we say, how you doing? And I say, you, you really don't want to know. Or, or, or we say something like, same problems, but you know, you're bored with them. What we're trying to do is take out the, the power of the problem we're bringing to our relationship. We're saying, rather than dwell on what's going bad, let's just get to what's good. That's why we come today. I know it's not been a great week. I know it's not been going well. But I've spent 45 minutes worshiping the God of my salvation. Today I do honor the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm so grateful to be in worship with you today. I want to read so many scriptures to you today. I don't even know where to start. I really have a ton of scriptures to share with you today. But I'm going to start by, if you would stand with me and, and as we read Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, 18 through 21. I'm so excited about this scripture. I've been thinking about it for, for, for as we've been thinking about the new year and the things that have been new. Um, I've realized that there is a, a lot to talk about here about what is new. So I'm actually going to start with um, Romans 5. And we're going to, if you'll let me read to you Romans 5, 18 through 21. And you'll hopefully get to where I'm hopefully going to land you on. I want to get rid of the old man. Because I'm more interested in the new man that the Lord has created within me. Like the old man has his problems. The old man has the burdens, but the new man is in Christ. And the, like we read last week, that he becomes our righteousness. And the old man has the sin. I don't want to have anything to do with him. So let me read this scripture. Romans 5, 18. It says, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Let me just slowly break that down before you sit down. Um, basically, by one man, Adam, yes, yes. we all got what he got, which was sin. That's what the scripture is stating clearly. We're all inheritors of Adam. We all came from Adam. So whatever problem he had, we have by inheritance. But then he says something really powerful in the second part of the verse. He says, if by one man we all get judged, yes, yes, then by one man, Jesus, we all can be saved. Do you see that? So bear that in mind as I read the rest of the verse, then you can take your seat. Therefore, as by the fence of one, judgment came upon all men 
to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedient, many were made sinners, because one man, everybody was sinful, so by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. I love this scripture so much. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. <laughs> love to the Lord. Glory to the God. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Man, I have been thinking about this scripture all the time as we've been thinking about the new man. Um, the scripture we read last week, if I remember correctly, it said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And I, I didn't even talk about the, 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 the word we use is creature, but it's actually the word we contemporarily use today. The word we'd use in today's um, world is creation. Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's a new creation. You become a new, new being. It's like it, the difference between a fish and a bird. It's dead different. One's swimming, one's flying. One's breathing through water, one's breathing through air. You become a new creation. It's, you're different now. <laughs> that song we sang over the holiday, everything's changed now. The spirit of the Lord is here. This idea is that we have been made something different, something incredibly new by the presence of the God in us. It's an amazing, it's an ama really amazing idea. I love this idea and I wanted to dig in on this idea a little bit more today. Um, we've been talking about this idea of making new. And that's what the scripture we're going to dive into today goes into. So I read from Romans 5.18. I'm just going to go off through some of that again. Romans 5.18 says, Therefore, by, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, free gift, the free gift came upon all men unto justification. We, we got it all wrong because of Adam. You know, you know <laughs> whatever weaknesses my father and mother have, I've got the same ones. Like, whatever strength, to be sure, whatever strength they have also, I have the same ones. But I've got it because I came out of them. Uh, if you look at my nose, Looks just like my mom's. Bit of my dad's in there too. But whatever it is, I inherited it, good or bad. The common thing we all, no matter who your mother and father is, we all inherit is from Adam. <laughs> all the way back, all the way back to the back to the back, he disobeyed God. So as far as the lineage is concerned, we inherited whatever he gave us. Unfortunately, the common inheritance for us all is sin. And, you know, we look at Adam, we think, yes, he's our forefather, he's our forebear, he's the original man. But, but if there's anybody that can give us relief from the original man, it's the new man. It's in Jesus Christ. If one man can so thoroughly ruin what was a perfect situation, 
I'm good here to tell you that one man can fix it and make it new again, can make it good. Like if we can throw all the blame of this entire world on Adam, then I can throw all the victory on Jesus. Like I know he's up to whatever the task that Adam had, I know he can undo it. I inherited from my father two good hands, two good feet. Man, but, but I have to be, you know, one of the things I'm really careful about is um, he, he got towards the end of his life, he had type 2 diabetes. So I'm really careful when my wife says, oh, I don't know if you should have that 15th cookie. Like, I'm not sure if that's the best thing for you. I said, you know what, you're right, Dad. This is the time, of y- time when Dad started to have problems with his diet. Maybe I should, maybe I should push that number 15 aside and, and kind of limit myself today, you know, one day of the week. But it's, we have to be careful because we inherit from whoever we came from, right? So now my life, unfortunately, not just to inherit from, from my father or his father's father or my mother and her mother's mother, but I inherit all the way back from Adam. And the thing that I've inherited, unfortunately, I kind of think about it like an infection. Sin got kind of put into us and we've got the same defect. The same defective gene has been left to us all. Doesn't matter what tribe you come from, what country you come from, what language you speak, you all came out of Adam. (laughs) You all of you do, we're all connected in that way, at the very minimum. And because he was wrong, we all became wrong. And you think, wow, that's incredibly powerful. Not when it comes to Jesus. (laughs) That's why I'm not interested in the old man, I'm interested in the new man and what I can become in Christ Jesus. So now we know, by one man sin entered in and affected everybody, but by one man sin can be undone in us and we can be made new. Let's go really quickly to Romans 6. I'm going to start at verse 1. I've got so much to read today. I hope I don't weary patience. I'm really trying to lay out the burying the old man and bringing in the new man. I think the new year is the perfect time to talk about this particular topic. It says in in Romans chapter 6, verses 1, it says, what shall we say then? He's just laid out what I've just told you, that grace is abounding. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited, undeserved favor of God, right? We've got bad things through Adam, and the way he's going to solve this isn't by asking you to fix it yourself. What he's going to do is do you a favor you don't deserve give you something that you don't deserve. That's how he's going to overcome this. Give you something that you don't deserve. So then chapter 6 starts and he says, well, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase, grace may abound? This is really interesting. Now that I've got a second chance, now that I've got grace, now that I've got a new life, should I just continue sinning if grace is going to make up for the difference anyway? That's what this, he's challenging you here now. He's saying to you, are you just going to keep doing the things you always did now you know that grace exists? And what is his response to that? God forbid. Like, don't even say that. Like, don't even imagine that. Don't even make that be a part of your your approach to salvation. That because God is so good to you, you're just going to go turn around and be purposefully bad to him. What a horrible thing to do. 
to turn around and look at grace and say, I've been given this free will grace and say, I'm going to be bad because of it. <laughs> it's the same kind of frustration we see when we see people of privilege who come out of incredible wealth, have awful lives, right? You say to yourself, man, if I had that, I surely wouldn't be that person. If I had all that money, I would be the responsible one. Like, I wouldn't lose it all. You see these people kind of lose control, get, get destroyed by drugs or alcohol. You see them destroyed by, and you say to yourself, man, if I had all that privilege, the last thing I do would ruin my life. And the truth is, we're all subject to doing this. In the presence of this much grace, we sometimes decide, well, what, I just can do anything I want. And we end up ruining what is good grace we get an undoing at the grace of God by leaning into the sin. But Paul is trying to tell the people here, he says, God forbid, how shall we? It shouldn't even be possible that we who are dead to sin should live in sin. <laughs> here we're starting talking about the old man, new man situation here. Not only has he delivered you from sin, but he's destroyed the habit and the temperament that comes from Adam. And he's creating something new in the people of God. It says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not, or don't you know, that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Here we start to see a comparison of the life we create, the new life, means that the old man, the old life, literally dies. In our baptism, the old man gets destroyed. The only thing we've seen in the history of mankind that has successfully navigated death back to life of its own power is Jesus Christ himself. So then, if the old man is dead, the things that motivated him are not supposed to be able to be living anymore. They're supposed to be destroyed. And they are, now is the opportunity with the power of the resurrection to have a new life. Here's the thing, when you as a person pass through death to life, the old things are no longer applicable. Why do I say that? I was watching a film recently um, this man had this <laughs> crazy plan that he was going to decide, he was got himself into a bunch of debt and he wanted his wife to he put a bunch of insurance policies on himself and said, I'm going to make my wife get all of these insurance policies. So he, he faked his own death. It was a ridiculous show. It was absolutely nonsensical. He faked his own death, got these insurance policies out and said, okay, my wife, I'll meet you later but I'll pretend like I've died and I'll get the, you get the insurance policy and we'll meet up in South America somewhere later. Okay, crazy plan. There was a bit of a problem with the plan because they would have given her the money but he decided I'm gonna do this elaborately. I'm gonna pretend like I drowned at sea. No body, no death. No death, no insurance policy. Like you had to have proof. And the thing is they were gonna discharge all his debts and allow her to take all this insurance 
And the only way they could do that is if they could prove he died. And then so this, this ruined the plan. She had to go in front of the judge. The judge said, yeah, it's been two years now. So in, meanwhile, he's hiding out. He says, it's been two years now. Yes, he's dead. Here's the certificate. So now, as soon as he got that certificate, according to the law of the land, there was no more debt. None. He's legally dead because he has a piece of paper that said he was dead. That's the only reason why all those debts went away. Not only that, they had to pay out this money for the insurance. He got a bonus because he was now dead. Nothing survives death. Whether written or real, whatever debt you had before, they can't come to you for money if you're dead. You can't, owe, you can't go to the grave and say, you've got to pay the interest on your mortgage. It's over. Whatever I've owed before death is over. That's why Jesus is telling us that in baptism, you die. Whatever you owed before that baptism is gone. <laughs> you don't owe it anymore. You're a new person. This is what his plan was. This is what this crazy guy's plan was. He wanted to become a new person so he could get rid of the debt and start over. Actually, that's literally the plan of salvation. <laughs> that is literally the plan of salvation. The problem is, is that he didn't have the power, authority, or honesty to pull it off. But it's a great plan. I've got a few debts. I would love to be able to say I don't owe anymore. The problem is that you need somebody who can genuinely pass through death and come back on the other side with life. That's what the problem is. He knew he couldn't really die. He would never be able to enjoy anything on the other side. You can't pass through the death part. What does Jesus do? Comes in and waltzes past the death part. Oh yeah, I'm gonna die, but I'm going to get back up again. <laughs> it changes everything about the, the equation of death. Up until that point, death is frightening. Death is terminal. Death is the end. Jesus comes along and says, no, that's just a filter mechanism. We can use death as a tool to get you out of debt. <laughs> it's just a tool. It's just something I use now. Oh grave, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? He took it all out, he broke it. <laughs> now, rather than death being something we're frightened of, death is something we use as a filter, right? Because I want everything about my life except for the sin part. I want everything, but I don't want the sin. So with baptism, it's like a filter. After I get through the death that is associated with baptism, I leave behind the sin. You see that? That gets left behind. Look, look what the scripture said. Know ye not, in verse three, know ye not that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into what? His death. I get to experience for myself, the death of Jesus when I'm baptized. That's the impact it has on my spiritual self. I now get to be dead to sin. We know that there's wages associated with sin, right? The wages of sin 
is death, right? How do I avoid those wages? By dying in baptism. Can't give me something if I'm dead. Can't take anything away from me. I've left it behind. Not mine anymore. Don't tell me that's my debt. That's not my debt. That's the dead man's debt. That's the old man's debt. He's dead. Legally, I no longer am obligated to pay for that. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing when you think about it. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. Verse 4, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Look, look who's doing this. This is the Father's glory. <laughs> that is doing this, it says, of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. The old man is done, and I have a new life now. <laughs> and nothing can pass through that death except for Jesus allows it to. And he's stopping sin and death at death, and he's allowing you to pass through as a new creature. All things are passed away. Things have become new because I'm in Christ Jesus. I love this assurance. I don't have to go out to sea to get my debt free. I don't have to do any crazy, right? I don't have to do any of that. He makes all things new for me, amen? Says verse, let me go back to verse four. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Sir, could you find for me 2 Corinthians 5.21? This is what we were reading last week. I want you to look at this verse again in this context again. In fact, go to 2 Corinthians 5.17 and then go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. So verse 17 first. Therefore, if yeah. any man be in Christ, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature or new creation. Things are passed away. All things that you see why it's all things are passed away now. We've got in Christ, we've been buried with him, we've died with him, we've raised up with him, and I'm brand new. I am new, I am something else. I'm a new creation. <laughs> if I was a fish, I'm a bird. If I was a bird, I'm a fish. I'm something new. What was subject to before, I no longer have to, the debts I carried, the problems I was associated with, I can let them all go. Please. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yes. All things are passed away. Yes. Behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. I love the way he phrased that. Not is, because what he's, he's talking to right now is the church. And what he's revealing to them is the things that they may or may not know at this point. Because some people are baptized and don't necessarily know the power of it. And he's telling them that it's already happened. They have become new for you already. This is what you are entitled to. This is your birthright now. In your new life, this is your birthright. You've let go of the old and you've become new. Jump down to verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us. So what's happened? What is this? This wasn't even, it wasn't like the sin disappeared. That's actually not what happened. The sin didn't disappear. Somebody had to pay for what you did. 
No, what you did was absolutely wrong. I'm not even saying that. I'm not saying the sin was somehow made nice. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is the sin got associated with somebody else when it passed through death. Keep read that again. For he has made him sin for us. So when you're buried with Jesus, all the sin that was with you got made to put on him. I get to pass through nice and clean. And he gets the sin part of what I have. This is really, <laughs> I hope you get this. Keep going here. For he has made him to be sin for us. He made him sin for us. Who knew no sin. Who didn't deserve to be associated with it. Didn't, it wasn't even right. If, if you think about what's decent, if you think about what's right, this is the, this is, doesn't sound like it. That the guilty should be get off and the innocent should be, should be hurt. That doesn't sound right, but he, he was made for the cross so that I wouldn't have to bear it. Let's keep going. Who knew no sin? Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God. Madam, when I get up in the new life, when the new me gets up, I am the righteousness of God. Death is a powerful filter. It gets to destroy everything on the way in. And just because my God paid the price, that he shouldn't have had to pay, he gets to have that sin and I get to walk in newness of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go back to Romans 6 and verse 4. I'll take over from here, so thank you. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. New me, new year, new time new approach, new way of thinking. The Holy Spirit and the baptism is working in you to create a new you. Verse five, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If you get planted like him, if you get planted in him, with him, you can have all the rights to get up like he got up. A new creature. If I go down like him, with him, I get to come up like him, with him. Verse 6, knowing that that, knowing this, that our old man, old man, that old person, that old me, that old character, that old identity, thank you Jesus, that old character is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth, we should not serve sin. This goes back to the very first verse. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to serve sin that grace may abound? And he's saying, you already died from that life. So this would be like that character I mentioned who went out to sea to try to get his life in order. Imagine now he's got away with it. He didn't get away with it, thankfully. <laughs> But imagine he got away with it and said, you know what, I feel bad, I'm gonna go ahead and pay that debt. He went through all of that work to get rid of the debt, then went back and tried to pay it anyway. Does not make sense. Why would you do all that work and then still associate yourself with that debt? <laughs> That's why when I am 
when I am going through my baptism, when I'm going through the cross, when I'm associated with my Jesus, I'm not going to worry about what I was. That's not mine. It's literally the law that says I don't have to pay that anymore. You trying to reclaim a debt that's been paid. It's not yours to pay. And to be honest, you don't have the money to do it anyway. Amen? You don't even have the righteousness to make it good. I know I don't. So I'm going I'm to use the tools that have been created for me. That in his likeness, I'm going to go down in baptism and walk in a new way, in a new life. Ah, I've got this new life in Christ. I love it. Uh, what does it say? Um, verse, nine, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Free, I'm free from the debt. He's buried. He's gone. The debt associated with that old man has been paid for. Jesus paid it. Now, if we be dead in Christ, we believe that we all shall sh live with him. It's not, I'm not dying to stay in death. I'm not just being killing the old man. There's something coming after that. <laughs> this is why the resurrection, we have to stand behind it, with it, for it. The, this only works if the resurrection works. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because Jesus got up, I get to have a new life. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if we be dead in Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion. Death doesn't rule over Christ. <laughs> like I said, death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? It doesn't have any power over him. He used it as a mechanism to redeem and save me. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. Death doesn't power over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. When he rose up, my life that I rose up with is the same as his. I am rising up to live for the Lord. I'm not rising myself up to be in debt again. I've got to have a new mindset, a new approach, a new way. I'm not going to wake up with the old man's attitude. I have to give that part up. There's no part of that that I can take with me. I don't know if you've ever been on a trip and you've had luggage. <laughs> Like, and it's the most frustrating thing to have to, you like, you want to get rid of that so you can be kind of free and get where you're going and do what you need. But you know you're going to need it when you get, but when you're traveling, like some things we are better off not traveling with. I don't know if you've ever traveled with somebody who thinks they need the entire world with them. Like, you didn't need the kitchen sink. You, you, could, you could have left that there. Like, why are you taking the blankets? We got blankets at the hotel. Like, there's some things you don't need to, to travel with. That's what death does with sin. It makes you leave that behind so you can get to the next stage freely. Amen? 
that our old life, we've got to leave that behind. Don't resurrect it. Don't look for it. It's the old man. It's the dead man. It's the thing we're leaving behind. Let me keep going. Um, verse 7, verse 8. Now if we be dead in Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. This is about life. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. The same way Christ died and rose again, I want you, this is what Paul is saying, I want you to in the same way think about yourselves of having died from your old life to reclaim and get a new life in Christ Jesus. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in answer to verse 1, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, your physical body. We're not talking about even the resurrection when Jesus returns. We're talking about right now. Don't let it reign in your body today. You're saying, well, grace will cover me. Yes, it would. But that's not how you treat gifts. That's not how you treat grace. You don't treat it like that. You treat it with preciousness. You, you treat it the way it should be. I've been given a beautiful gift. Let me honor the gift. Let me give thanks for the gift. Verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey the lusts thereof. I haven't finished yet. I've got a couple more verses I want to share with you. Let's go to um, Colossians 2 and 12. Can we go there? Colossians 2 and 12. Another letter to the, to the church at Colossus. This was an important letter. It ties together. Again, I want to tie back to he, is, he has been made sin for us. He has taken the old man in us. He has taken the old man that I can become something new. Colossians 2 and 12. I'm going to read 12 through 15. He says, we are buried with him in baptism. Listen to what he says. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him, that is Jesus, from the dead. Two letters, same purpose, same principle. In baptism, you start leaving things behind. In the new life, you start gaining these new things through Christ. You're buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him, Jesus, from the dead. He's given, we believe that the same operation, the same thing is making you new. The same work of God is going to make you new. Amen? A verse, this goes to the next verse. Can you read that for me, please, sir? And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven all trespasses. Oh, wow. So here is saying it again. You're buried with him, and he, in that burial, forgives everything that you've gone to. All the debt that you've associated and accumulated, he forgives it all. Man, I... When I think about debt in the real world, I just wish there was a process. Yes, right, right. Woo. I could just go through a process that would wipe it out. Give me that house for free, Lord. That would be wonderful. But you know what's even better than that? That my life has gone through that. That the thing, I got no into. I may have some debts on the outside, but the spiritual man owes nothing. 
Jesus paid it, right? Thank you, Lord. Let's keep going. And you, verse 13, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, as he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So he brings you into death with baptism yes. and says, I'm going to now give you life. I'm going to quicken you. I'm going to make you alive. Thank you, Lord. Keep going. Blotting out, verse 14, the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, yeah. which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Wow. Okay. A lot of things written in here that I need to kind of unpack. I'm going to go really slowly here. It says he's blotting out the handwriting. There are literally laws that would mean salvation shouldn't be ours. There are rules in place that means you shouldn't have what you have today. And he said, you know what, I'm blotting that out. You know what the law did? The law helped in one way. It helped us understand what sin was. They wrote it down. The problem wasn't that we didn't know what it was. The problem is that we couldn't help ourselves. We were problematic in that way. Right? So the handwritings, imagine yourselves having going down the street and um, you've been going at 45 miles per hour since you've moved into the neighborhood. And a police stops you and says, hey, you know, it's 25 down here, right? So, oh, police officer, sorry, didn't, didn't know. I'll make sure I slow it down. But the neighborhood's probably tired of seeing you having these last few years go at 45 miles per hour. So they say to the city, please put a sign, put a I put a sign here that says 25, please, to everybody. That's what the law is. The law says, hey, everybody, it's 25 miles per hour. But your lead foot still goes at 40 miles per hour. Right? You can't help it. Sometimes you're not concentrating, you're not thinking. And so the law, all the law did was say, hey, this is how bad you are. It helped. It helped me understand how bad I was, but it never fixed the problem. My problem was my lead foot. I needed help with my lead foot. Right? What the baptism and Jesus does through the cross is fix your lead foot. It's not just putting up a sign and telling you how bad you are. It's saying, hey, you need to ease off the gas, Mark. It's a, it's a little neighborhood. There's kids around here. It's telling you to be a new man rather than just telling you how bad the old man is. Rather than just tell you repeatedly you're an old man and you're not very good, Jesus makes a way for you to become a new man so you don't have to be that man anymore. I love the scripture, I love the word, I love our salvation. Oh, I love our salvation so much. Let me go, can you go back to, I forgot where I was. Yes. Of ordinances that were against us. Written things that were against us. That were correct. That were right. We were the wrong ones. But what happens with Jesus is he, he blots it out. I'm going to take care of this. Put it on me. Put it on me. He blots it out against us and says put it on me. Rather than give them the ticket, hand it to me. Rather than stop them, hand the problem to me. I've paid for this. Keep going. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, which, were, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Nailing it to his cross. Look at this. The, I told you already, death is like a filter. Not everything can survive death. <laughs> In fact, nothing could up until this point. 
Which means what Jesus is saying is, I was the one able to master death. <laughs> and because of that, I'm going to take, if your sins can make it past death, if your sins can make it past the cross, then they can get back to you. But the thing is, as soon as the, your sin comes in contact with death, it couldn't keep going. <laughs> Only Jesus could keep going. You understand what I'm saying here? That death became the end of sin, even though sin was being producing death. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's almost like its power was turned against itself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My sins that was producing death got nailed to the cross so that it itself would die. Amen? Let's keep going. And having spoiled yes. principalities and powers. <laughs> Don't you know that our Lord in striving to create our salvation, completely upended the way things were working. Sin produced death. That's just the rules. You sin, you die. Those are the rules. But the Lord says, I'm gonna upend those rules and principalities and powers, and I'm gonna make a new way for you. Let's keep going. And having spoiled principalities and powers, yes. he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And in doing so, he didn't just do it. He made sure everybody knew he was doing it. I didn't just win salvation for my people. I want to make a show of this. I want to make sure you know how much I loved you. He delighted to do this for you. I didn't just get the victory. I made sure everybody knew you got the victory. Ah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's keep going. Verse 16. Yes. No man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon. Amen. Or the Sabbath day. Don't worry about those ordinances. He's paid the price for you. Let me just do one more scripture then I'm going to take my seat. Colossians 3 verses 9 and 10 says what? Lie. I want you to treat each other a particular kind of way, and I don't want you to deceive each other or lie to each other. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Seeing that you've got rid of this old man, I want you to walk like you're new now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I told you last week, um, if, if you need me to do something for you and I've got my good Sunday clothes on, I'm going to have to get changed first yes, sir. Yes, sir. because I've got my new, this, Sunday's my new stuff. This stuff hasn't, only gets worn on Sunday, right? I'm trying to keep this stuff nice and fresh. So I have to be a certain way because of the newness I have. Amen? You have a newness now. Don't go back to the old man. Don't pick up his old ways. Don't do the thing that he would do. Do the thing that the new man would do. Keith. Verse 10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. We have become new creatures, modeled in the exact image of Jesus Christ himself. Don't take back on the image of the old man knowing who you are today. When we go back to, uh, I think it's Romans, it says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, we will not, because I'm a new creature. I'm a new man. I'm not going to go back to those old ways. He has made me new, paid my debts. Why am I going to be messing with those debts again? We, he makes all things new. May the Lord add a blessing to this word in Jesus' name.